Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for Dave. Just pray that he would, you would speak to us through Dave this morning. Bless him. Everything he's prepared, Lord, just speak your heart to us this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to speak very, very quickly. Uh, and uh, I'm going to, I felt God speak to me a few weeks ago about the expression standing in the gap. And I wondered, sort of checked through my Bible, a story to find out about standing in the gap. And I thought to illustrate this point, I would use the story of, of Moses. Now, I haven't got very much time, so I'm going to have to do things very, very quickly. But I am aware that some uh, people are new Christians, and I want you to have a look at the book of Exodus at some time, the beginning of it, which the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses, Genesis, and Exodus, and then all the other two. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I was just teasing you. I was just teasing you. Um, but you see at the book at the end of, of uh, Genesis that Joseph uh, becomes the administrator of of Egypt, and he is held in the greatest esteem. And this, uh, after about several hundred years, the the Egyptian pharaohs, the kings. They forget about what the Hebrews or the Jews or the Israelites, the, it's the same name, what they had brought to Egypt. And so they start in Exodus to persecute uh, the Hebrews. And uh, you see that um, the, the Egyptians are really afraid of the, the Hebrews. They're growing in number, they're growing in power. So the Egyptians actually put them into slavery. They start to persecute them and they start to put them into slavery to build their pyramids and things like that. But they still, because they are God's people, they still keep growing. They still have influence, they still have power. And the Egyptians, the rulers of Egypt, still dislike that. So they actually declare that the, the children of uh, when of the Israelites when they are born should be killed. The Bible's full of awful stories, but the Egyptians say we want the children to be killed at birth. And they actually instruct the midwives, the Egyptian midwives, kill the children when they're born. And uh, the, the midwives, because they're, they're good people and they still fear God, they go, we can't do that. So they put up some excuses like, well, you know what the Israelite uh, women are like? They give birth so quickly we can never get there. They're so fit. You know, they have the baby and they're quick, they're off, so we haven't got a chance to kill the child. But there's one child that uh, uh, is born to one of these Israelite mothers, uh, Moses. And Moses' mother she is trying to avoid her child being killed. So she makes the, the famous Moses basket, p- 
puts him in that and uh, finds a, a, certain, uh, a sort of place where she knows that the, the daughter of Pharaoh goes to bathe in the morning and that she will put Moses in the basket and send this little baby down and uh, see what happens. And when the daughter of Pharaoh sees this Moses basket, she says, you know, I can't, can't kill this child. This is a human being. It's crying. It's beautiful. And uh, so she, she takes the child out and she says, look, find someone to look after this child. So, of course, Moses' his mother is just around the corner behind a, behind a tree or whatever, and she steps in and nurses her own child, but with the blessing of the daughter of, of Pharaoh. And this is the point that we know that God has chosen Moses right from the beginning. This is all part of God's plan. And of course you have been chosen. God has a plan for you. So, that's just a, the, the, the first background. Then of course Moses grows up. He is educated in Egypt. He is has the finest clothes. He is brought up as a child uh, of Pharaoh's kingdom. And so he has a lot of privilege. He has all the education and everything. And, uh, but he still is aware that he is a Hebrew, an Israelite, and that he is to help his people. And one day when he's grown up, he goes out and he sees uh, uh, um, one of the Egyptian slave drivers beating one of the Israelite slaves. And uh, he is so angry with this, and knowing that he wants to stand up for the people of God, he actually kills the Egyptian um, slave driver. And he's so He's upset about this. He buries the body, goes back. Next day, he's going out, walking around, sort of, let's see what these the normal people are like. And he sees two um, Hebrews, Israelites, fighting each other. And he steps in and says, you know, stop fighting, guys. And they go, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to murder us like you murdered the Egyptian guy? And he's so shocked that they saw this that he runs away. Pharaoh hears about what he's done and he tries to pursue him. But Moses runs away to the desert and he is there for probably about 40 years. And he just starts... So he's come from a life where he is privileged, wonderful clothes, good education, everybody at his beck and call, and now he's moved to the desert. He's married... Uh, um, a woman whose father is uh, just a shepherd. It's the humblest, it's the lowest of the low in that time. And uh, he, just, he just lives a simple life. And he's really enjoying it. That's how I read it. So he's gone from massive privilege to very simple life. He was enjoying his privilege, but not feeling right. And now he's back in the desert and just enjoying a simple life. 
And then one day he's out with the sheep and this bush, this bush starts to burn and it starts to speak. Now, how many people have ever had a, a bush start to speak to them? There's not a lot of people around, no. It's, but this is a supernatural event for Moses. Is it? Can you put the words up? Or do you want me to, to read? No, okay. So, this is, this is Exodus 3, uh, verse 3. So Moses is, has seen this bush burning and he, he walks towards it to try and uh, understand what is going on. It says, This is amazing, Moses says to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. God says, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, you are standing on holy ground, and I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And when the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and led them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey and a land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites and Hivites and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, says God, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh and you must, be, uh, you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. No, I'm not going to go any, any further. Uh, I haven't got time. God is calling Moses to stand in the gap. The people of, of Israel are being persecuted, they're being beaten, and God hears their cry. He hears the cry of everybody. He hears the cry of our hearts but he hears the cry of the people over the road, the people down in Matlock, the people everywhere. He hears the cry of their heart, desperate to get away from the sin. When I read that, I should have said, whenever you see the word Egypt, you should say, you should hear sin. God wanted to lead the Israelites out of the place of sin out of where they were being persecuted. Now we are in a different time. 
we are in a place where people are so, they are living with their sin, they have no hope. And there is a cry that is going up to God. Moses, to start with, had all his education and he, was, he went out to try and deal with the, the persecution of, of the people, but he did it wrong. He murdered the guy. That's not right. And then you get to the other extreme, he's then passive. He's kind of in the, in the wilderness. He's given up on the idea that God has called him to rescue and lead the people of Israel. What I want to say is that God is calling us. He's calling individuals. He's also calling us as a church to stand in the gap. When people are desperate, we stand in the gap. We've done that with our social action. We've done that with our work with the food bank when people needed food. We've stood in the gap as a church. When people need debt counselling, we stand in the gap and we help to understand and to negotiate. But we are also, let's, be, let's get our, fo- our focus right. We are also standing before God. So we stand with people against some forces of evil or authority, and maybe they're not in the wrong, these, these authorities, but we are standing in the gap. And we are to stand and speak on people's behalf. Now, people, you might say, yeah, well, I can pray. And others will say, I can do some work. We have to get this right balance. The standing in the gap is not just, I can pray for you. It is actually faith and works. It is, it is the action and then standing before God and saying, God, there's this situation. We need food for the food bank. We need, we need to help this person out of the debt that they're in. I need to help my friend, my neighbour, who's going through a divorce. I'm going to stand with them and help them and comfort them and listen to them. But I also stand before you, God, and say, God, will you deal something about this situation? We can do both because we stand before God. We have that relationship with God. We have been delivered from Egypt. We have been delivered from sin. And we can stand before God. And we are called, as people of God, as a church, to stand in the gap. That's what it means, to stand between the situation that we see in the world and plead on, uh, to God who will come and intervene and help. God is not uh, passive. He has heard the cry of people's hearts and he wants us to, to stand in the gap by action and prayer. So I hope that is, is helpful for you. So, uh, Steve, Kathy, Emily, if you want to, can we just come back? I want, I want to give you the opportunity uh, to be prayed for as well. I've got a little bottle of, of oil uh, go back to the, the um, burning bush. That is where Moses had his encounter with God. That supernatural encounter. And it challenged him. 
And if you read on, I, uh, I, I shall speak in a few more weeks. Maybe I'll do the next part of it. But then you see the story of how God used Moses to stand before Pharaoh and deliver the people from the persecution of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And it wasn't easy. He needed to know that there was a calling on his life. So I want you to know, I want you to ask God to refresh that calling, to speak to you about where he wants you to be. You may well be in the right place, but say, God, I need more. I have nothing, which is exactly what God wants. He wants you to come with nothing, like Moses. He was just, his, his education, he knew all that. Now he was just a humble shepherd. But he could stand before uh, um, Pharaoh. Why? Because he knew that God would be with him. He asked him specifically, I cannot go unless you are with me. That should be our cry. I have nothing, Lord. I can go, but you have got to be with me. So, should we just stand? <clears throat> yes, Lord. Lord, we just pray. Holy Spirit, we want to have that that burning bush experience. We want to hear your voice calling us. As we stand in the gap, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we come with nothing except you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, come, fill us with your spirit, Lord. Fill us with your anointing. Speak to us about where you want us to be where you want us to go, knowing that you will be with us at all times, Lord. So, Lord, we just pray, come. Speak to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. And then at the end of that passage, it says, God says he wants to see the people uh, released, that they can worship him. That is the end. God wants us to be a people who worship and lead people away to speak into the situation where the mayhem of their life stand in the gap and say this is what God is doing this is what God can do for you